I'm really amped about this, Nick. I feel like you and me have chatted about a podcast before. You have, you know, between two bowlers in Seattle, it is absolutely electric content. Mm. Um, I'll be, I will say that I am on the, the bandwagon that you are the funniest person in the NFL for many years running. So congratulations on that. I know I'm not alone in that. Well, thank you, man. That's a that's a rousing introduction. I uh, I wish I could say I'm as excited to be on here as you are to have me, but that would be uh, you know disingenuous. So uh, I appreciate that. Uh, intros. <laughs> the intro's not over yet. The intro's not over. No, no. I want to start going. with your. I want to start with college. I want you to make your case. We've had this argument before. You're a Central Michigan Chippewa. Would you say yeah. that your draft class is the greatest draft class in the history of the NFL? coming out of CMU. Oh, easily. Explain uh, to the people. Explain to the people the heat you're bringing. Okay, so obviously myself, which after that introduction, I don't even have to <laughs> – it really should be done after that. But if I want to keep going, um, you have Antonio Brown. You have J.J. Watt. Uh, my roommate, Brett Hartman, played in the NFL for a couple of years. Um, but if you just – like, obviously you can take me out of it. Like JJ and Antonio were the two best players in the NFL for like yeah. at least three, four years there. Um, and especially like at a school like Central, I think to have like one of those kind of guys ever would be incredible. But to have two the same year is, but I always get, you know, guys get all pissy with me when I mention that. But it's like, show me a class that's better, especially like obviously for a Mac school. There's, there's nothing that's even close. Uh, yeah. And, I mean, again, I'm pumping your tires here, but you're going into what, year 12 now? Year 13, man. Have some, so, have have some, some respect. respect Figure it out. <laughs> so, it's like, that's – I'm just saying, man. That uh, You got to keep – you got to count yourself in that conversation. Obviously, yeah. you got J.J. And, and Antonio Brown, but going into yeah. year 13, NFL, I, I mean, that's – put some respect on it, as you just said. Yeah, I don't think there's anyone with uh, as accomplished of uh, in in locker room trolling uh, a wildly successful, uh, uh, not wildly, mildly successful YouTube uh, show in between two balors. Um, I actually looked at kind of where the, the the clicks were coming from, and it literally was just like my parents' house and like one of my <laughs> uncles are half the views on YouTube, but um, it all counts, I guess. Uh, but yeah, we were. We had a bunch of dudes. And then and then if you look like a couple years either way, we had Joe Staley, who was like perennial all-pro. Uh, Eric Fisher was the number one overall pick. Um, on and on and on. Um, but that's just what we do. We just produce. Uh, the only embarrassing thing is we had like, well, it's not embarrassing, I guess. I, I forget who I'm talking to here. We had like a string of like super high CFL picks. Uh, which I don't like, obviously like to brag about, but it is better than not having them, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> but we, we had, being so close to Canada, we had a bunch of uh, bunch of high draft picks. That's which, fair. Now, enough about CMU. Fuck CMU. Let's chat about Nick Bullhorn, man. And this is not really – we'll get into some football stuff, but I've been telling Big Ball's belly over there that you're the funniest guy. But I also will say that out of – Every sport that I've ever played, every locker room that I've ever been in, you are by far the most elite troll I've ever seen. I mean, you can cut things up. You can do the face impersonations. The jokes always seem to land. You told me one time that you like to test out your material a certain way. And I feel like this is a good story 
on like, I think we both know what we're talking about. How do you generally test out your material? I, I think it might have something to do with your significant other. Yeah. So poor Rachel, uh, who somehow I coaxed into now being my wife, uh, <laughs> I'll kind of run through stuff with her before, sometimes beforehand. And a, it's a pretty good litmus test for how it's going to hit. Like if she is absolutely appalled and or just won't even give me the respect of saying words back to me, that's when I know that it's going to absolutely kill in the locker room. So <laughs> I don't even know if I told Luke this, but, and I, I wouldn't think that he enjoys me telling this phase that he went through, but there was uh, the documentary on Netflix game changers. That was like uh pea protein. Oh, really? Company. We got to go here. No, I'm just, it's just a story. This is a good example. So, uh, Game Changers, it was like this this uh, propaganda film uh, by a pea protein company <laughs> talking about the dangers of, of meat consumption or whatever. And, uh, you know, Luke just took it and ran with it. And uh, <laughs> by running with it, I mean not eating meat anymore and like detesting people that did. So he was full vegan. No way. He was full vegan for months. I'm not sure. I'm that part is true, but the and rest of it is not he's true. He's full vegan, just riddled with soy and, and just losing <laughs> weight rapidly. Looked awful. Uh, and this was the year we were on <laughs> we were on Zoom meetings. So I'm at home in my in our apartment, and I'm in the bedroom, and I'm like, uh, I'm like just letting Luke have it about uh, his being a vegan and. And then also I would do my normal bullshit during these meetings. Uh, like there'd be, you know, someone had their kid, like baby crying and their mic was on and I would do the, shut that baby up. And Rachel's like, you can't. <laughs> after the meeting, she would basically do like an after action report with me. She goes, you can't, you can't tease people. Like what if Luke's doing it for some, uh, you know, religious reason or something. I'm like, first of all, he's not. Second of all, <laughs> I'll say whatever I want to Luke. I'll tell you that right now, Rachel. But then it was it would literally be like an analysis of all the stuff that I would do during the Zoom meetings that was so wildly inappropriate that she she doesn't quite I mean no one quite gets that uh, you know HR doesn't quite go into those meetings. So it's it's pretty much a free for all. So that's I always test my my stuff out on her and if she doesn't find it funny, that's that's the best. I don't want to get you in any trouble, but I am looking for trouble. Was there anything you've done in the locker room that you walked in and you're like, that might have crossed the line. Like I might have, I might, I might get in some shit here. I mean, yeah. Uh what well, <laughs> or which sorry, of the amount of times you've done it, can I get one of the stories at least that isn't gonna just get you in a ton of shit? Mm, I'm trying to think of uh like there's always like subtle, subtle stuff that I always think is the funniest. Like um, you can convince guys and this was even back in college. And uh, this is probably more of a reflection on the uh, the public school systems or private school systems in that particular district where some of these guys are from. But I could I could literally be like uh, when we were at Central and we'd be playing like Buffalo. I would convince them that that we were flying through Canadian airspace. So uh, the time changed an extra half an hour. So you would look at guys, I would tell them that and then just walk away. 
And then they would be like looking at their phone when we landed to see how it changed. And I'm like, yeah, you just add a half an hour because of, uh, you know, the winter solstice or something. And you'd have guys showing, you have guys showing up like 30 minutes early or 30 minutes late to these meetings because they thought they were on some weird like Canadian fusion time zone. Uh, so like a, that's a pretty harmless one. But Luke probably, to be honest, well, like. It run. I I do so many that it kind of it reality. My life is basically like Inception with trolls. It's like I don't know or Shutter Island. Really, you don't know what. It, you don't know what. It so, Bullor, I always did wonder. It started in college then, so yeah. Belly, me and Bullor spent a year together in hell, aka the Detroit Lions, mm. and then got to you know back to the promised land. We made it out to Seattle. He's obviously still ripping out there, but I don't have like a 10 year history of being Nick Bloor's teammate. And I did wonder, like, was there a veteran guy that kind of taught you the ways? Are you the trailblazer? Are you the guy who writes the textbook? I mean, I think it's it it comes from with me getting uh, comfortable because I, I feel like I'm uh, hyper like analytical of how people are and how they. Well, here's a perfect example. Like you can tell if a guy comes into a locker room right away and they're like, you know, just bouncing off the walls, talking to everybody, changing the music, you know, that that guy's an asshole. Right. So, (laughs) but basically like to have that like weird unfounded confidence to just go into a locker room full of strangers and do that. I find it so like cringy that I'll never, I always give it about a year to like let it marinate and people kind of understand who I am or whatever. And Good. then, and then yes. the floodgates open really. So it's like when I was with the jets, I kind of was subdued because, you know, I was young and I kind of wanted to be seen, not heard. Uh, and then uh, San Francisco, it was so like, in San, I go to San Francisco, Joe Staley, who I just missed at central, but we were buddies uh, and like, we knew each other. And he was like the man in San Francisco. But when I got there, like, I don't, I don't care. Like he's an unbelievable player, hall of famer, all that stuff. But I was like the one, one guy that wasn't going to be like, Oh, Joe, I was just going to troll him and make fun of him. You know what I mean? Which no one, he was like one of those untouchable guys kind of, but I come in there and they're like, who the hell is this kid? Uh, you know, talking to me or like, like the guys around him were like, what the hell is he like? Who does he think he is to talk to Joe like that? But we had a relationship. And then also like misery breeds a lot of comedic uh, material, I think, because like when I'm disgruntled, that's when I get really like <laughs> cynical and that's when it really comes out of me. So sometimes it's hard in Seattle because things are so great that it's like, I don't, I, I have nothing that I'm really gonna. And then it becomes like the harmless, stupid kind of trolls. But uh, you know, when I'm like in a dark place, that's when it really comes out of me and I start just going off. So one of my favorite trolls and it, it Laura just heads up. <clears throat> if you don't want to tell any of these stories, we obviously will edit any of them out, but so we'll edit that part out. One of my favorite trolls, which I feel like you didn't even think was that good. You know, I remember when you were done it, I was in tears laughing. I thought it was one of the funniest things you've done. And you were kind of like looking at me like, dude, that wasn't even that good. Like I've had much better work. But, and I, I want to put Belly in this situation. So in Seattle, we would have these Saturday night meetings. Uh, most teams do. 
but we would have a special teams guy come up and give a speech. And it was generally a very serious moment. Like if you got called to speak, you either played well or you were the captain like Ballor is and like guys listened, you know, it was like, okay. And, and our special teams coach would try and like pick someone new every week, but somebody who was really like balling on special teams or has a story, whatever. And I would say in my years there, 99% of them were extremely serious. <clears throat> Nick Ballor gets up there and gave one of the most elaborate stories about motivation <laughs> and his grandma. And I'm wondering, Nick, if you'd feel comfortable perhaps telling this electric motivational story about your grandma, which you told the team to my friend Luke Bellis. Yeah, yeah. That's that's easy, but I'll, I'll kind of I'll paint the picture. Which uh, so the whole week was pretty electric because I believe it was the week uh, I've I've done it. I've retold it a couple times, and I think the first time I ever did it was that when Marshawn was there. Or no, yes, it was. Okay, it was when he came back. Yes. Okay, so um, that week Marshawn shows up, and I'm like, all I want to do is improve like for him to like me, I've never wanted approval from someone like even more than my dad. I'm like, I just want to make him think I'm the coolest dude ever. So first day he sits down. I was uh, in the running backs meeting room at this point, he sits down next to me. He looks me up and down and he goes, you play. And I go, <laughs> I go, yeah, you. And he goes, yeah. and, and then, uh, and then I felt like a dork. So, you know, the, uh, you know, those like uh, noon or none, they're like antioxidant, like effervescent things you drop in water. <laughs> I had a, I took one from home that my wife bought and I sat it next to me and I put, uh, I put one in my drink and I started drinking it. And he goes, what are them motherfuckers? And I'm like, oh, it's like a antioxidant drink. He's like, he goes, them bitches good. I'm like, yeah, man. He takes them. <laughs> He dumps the entire thing in his water, like 13 of them. And I'm like, Jesus, man. I'm like, just one at a time, dude. He goes, man, these motherfuckers are hidden. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, where'd you get them? And I didn't want to be a pussy and say, oh, I brought them. My wife bought them for me and I brought them in. So I was like, oh, I think they have them downstairs. Literally get out of the meeting and I call Rachel. I'm like, Rachel, you got to get more of these. Marshawn loves them. So... I was like buying them out of pocket the entire year just to like appease him. Okay, so that's day one. So I'm like, okay, I'm starting off pretty good. Friday, the rookies bring donuts to the uh, to the running back room. And it's usually empty, lights are off, and there's a special teams meeting. So I would go up there, get two Krispy Kremes, uh, eat them without anyone the wiser, and then go to the special teams meeting. So that day, I get up there, and I see the lights on, and I'm like, oh, shit. I crack open the door. All the running backs are in there. Uh, Chad Morton, our running back coach, was doing like a special meeting to get those guys caught up to speed. So so I close the door and I think to myself, I'm like, this is where I establish street credibility with Marshawn. Because Marshawn's always like, you know, not into the coach, you know, whatever. So I, <laughs> I burst open. I ran the door open. Mar uh, Chad's in the meeting, middle of his meeting. He goes, uh, hello, Nick. Thanks for joining us. So Marshawn thinks I'm supposed to be in this meeting. 
I go right over to the donuts. I grab two donuts. I start eating them in the middle of the meeting. My fat head is like blocking the projector. So it's just completely like ruining the whole thing. And, uh, and Marshawn's just sitting in his chair looking at me like this. Shaking his head. And I'm looking at him. I'm just smacking my lips, eating these things. I'm like being loud. And I'm like, Chad, what are you guys doing? He goes, we're trying to have a fucking meeting here. And I look at Marshawn and I go, He's not talking about shit. I'm going to get out of here. He <laughs> looked at me like, I walk out. Lo and behold, he has no idea that I wasn't supposed to be in there. So he thinks I'm like <laughs> Later, like, I have, I don't see him. And then uh, we're getting ready for practice. He comes into the locker room. He goes, this motherfucking Nick crazy, man. He just he walked into he walked in. Nick walked into the meeting. He he. Uh, what did he say? He's like he interrupted his ass. He just walked in, walked out. He doesn't give a shit. I'm like, yeah, dude, that's how I roll. Like, I don't, I don't give a shit about anything, man. Like, I'm, just, I'm like that, you know. Like, he doesn't know, and I'm like, I'm not gonna ruin it for him. So I'm like, all right, this is great. I got him. I got him going. So then we have, like Luke said, these special teams meetings Saturday night, and uh, it's you start to get like, I I don't get that nervous, like talking in front of the special teams guys. But when we have these meetings, it's like the whole team in there and it's in this tight room. And, and then also Marshawn was there and I had this idea for a story. Uh, So we, we had this kid. uh, We had this kid that uh, I played with, with the jets. And he's like, I remember him saying, there's two types of people. There's people that get fucked and people that do the fucking. And I'm like, (laughs) <laughs> like okay so i'm like let me spin this into something that's more palatable somehow to the to the masses so i come up with this story that uh that i i set it up i'm like my grandma uh you know was the most eloquent you know soft-spoken set it ever. up bro you had tears in your eyes no i know like you know when you, you know when you get like when you're kind of nervous talking uh you get that kind of like wavy like thing in your voice and it almost sounds like you're going to cry. Like not, not really, but you know what I'm saying? And I played it up and uh, you know, I'm like talking and, and I'm like, you know, uh, one of the last things she ever uh, said to me I would, and she pulled me by the arm and, and I put my head down. Yeah. Can I, can I pause for a second? Yeah. Here? Cause I just want to interject. I'm in the, I'm in the tight room in one of the chairs right now, belly. And I've known, like, me and Bloor were pretty close, I felt like. I mean, he might disagree, okay? <laughs> but I'm sitting here, and I, I listen to this guy troll. I've been trolled. I've, I've tried to mm-hmm. learn under him. And even at this point, I'm like, holy shit. Bloor's grandma just died. Like, he's got the wavy voice. He's kind of, like, wiping his eyes. Like, he's not crying, but he might. And we're, I'm like, the room is eerily silent there was people and crying he, yeah and dudes are like oh like what an emotional <laughs> moment like took us on just an emotional ride and he puts his head down and i'm like bro he's telling the truth again like there's a guy who might be able to tell when he's trolling it's usually me like i'll at least be able, just because i've been got many times not that i'm really that on to it so i just wanted mm-hmm. to put like the moment here you can hear a pin drop in the room Ballor just tells a super emotional story about his grandma, and he's got borderline watery eyes, wave, waving voice, head is down. I'll let you take it away now, Ballor. This is absurd. 
So when I raise my head, I look and like, there's people like their eyes are watering. I see Marshawn and he's just leaning forward <laughs> in his chair, just staring at me. And, uh, and I basically was like talking about, you know, and, and, and this part was true. I mean, she was like the most amazing lady, like, like everyone's grandma, like soft-spoken, like the nicest caring. So then I was like, yeah, she told me, Nicholas, if you remember one thing from me, remember there's two types of people in this world. <laughs> and, and everyone just like, doesn't, doesn't like no one reacts right away. And I'm like, and I'm like, I'm like, yeah, grandma, I sort of get it. I mean, I'm only five. <laughs> and, and people like laughed, but they like didn't understand. Like I sit, I sit down, people are like cracking up and Marshawn just looks at me and he's shaking his head. He's like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> the best Two part, types the of best, people in this world. The best part is, I don't think I told you this, Luke, is that week my dad was in town. His, that was his mom. And uh, I told him that I had to talk and he's like, Oh, what'd you talk about with the fellas? You know? And I'm like, ah, not, not really. it's so funny. Like talking to, uh, talking to my dad or uncles about the game or like, or anything related with football. And, and like, I remember uh, we were driving, we were like, it was like the day before the game and like Ted Nugent's stranglehold came on the radio and my uncle's like, talking to my young nephew or my nephews and uh or my cousin uh and they're like this is what uh nick plays in the locker room with the boys before the game and i'm like i don't think you've ever been in an nfl uh, locker room <laughs> ted nugent strangled is not on the on the ted Nugent is not making the list unfortunately but uh yeah no. so that was so so now it's kind of a tradition that like there's so much turnover in the nfl i can kind of regurgitate the uh you know recycle these stories uh, these trolls the night before the game, uh, which works great because not a lot of guys have heard them. So it kind of, it, it works well. Um, one of the things, football chat, that I, I was very curious, I was going through yesterday, but correct me if I'm wrong here. You started with Rex Ryan as your head coach. Then you went to Tom Sula? Yeah, Tom Sula. What kind of pronunciation is that? I have some respect. Yeah, that's bad. Yeah. Tonsil. Then we went from there. Did you, you had a year with Caldwell, Patricia, Pete Carroll. Is that correct? Chip, Kel Chip Kelly and Tom Sula and Ooh. Sam Brand, One and one. Oh, wow. We had, okay. So Chip we were, Kelly. me and Belly were chatting. I mean, that's a pretty elite list of head coaching names with a lot of different personalities. Again, we share a couple there with Patricia and Pete, which are, in my opinion, very yin and yang. Um, was that, has that been a little weird for you? Like going from, even Chip Kelly, like a Chip Kelly guy, kind of all the hype there. Is there similarities between these guys, or are they all just polar differences? And did you have, like, one guy that you're like, this guy is electric to play for? I think I know I the mean, answer the opposite of who's not electric to play for, but we're not going to get into that. I mean, obviously Pete's the electric guy to play for. And, um, you know, I'd say probably a second would be, you know, Rex was awesome. He was hilarious. Like all the stuff you think that is true about him and how he is, is that that's how he is. Um, but it is kind of interesting because like, it does make a big difference. And like in Seattle, it's, it's unbelievable with Pete, but um, I'm always like, so terrified of getting cut and just like wanting them to like me and just 
being so insecure with that that I'm just like, oh yeah, they're they're great. Like I just I'm just happy to be here. Like I just want to, you know. So it's kind of like one of those things. Like when I was young, like when I was with Rex in in uh, New York, it's like, I mean, he was awesome, but I was also like a scared shitless like undrafted free agent that I was like thinking I was going to get cut every week and like just wanted to appease them. So. Yeah, what did you did you just like walk around barefoot when you played for Rex Ryan to make sure he liked that you? That was or? gonna be my next question. Did he ever? Yeah, yeah, that? That was now he's on, on top of it. Yeah, yeah, very good. That's uh, that's the the foot fetish. Yeah, and he wasn't even really uh, bashful about that either, which was hilarious. And like, uh, I'm trying to think of some funny uh, street legal stuff with that, but it, it's like uh, <laughs> all that stuff is is hilarious. I love that he just kind of like owned it. He didn't. Really care uh which is hilarious and uh no but he was he was the best and then like um i'm trying to think of some funny stuff that uh that happened with uh oh i think it was hilarious because there's this long driveway at the facility this is a funny story that happened uh not with rex per se but uh like the team i was with the jets was like had everybody like all the last generation of guys like you had LaDainian Tomlinson, uh, Mike Vick, Mark Brunel, Ed Reed, Cromartie, Revis. Um, I'm missing a one. Uh, you know, like all the uh, all these huge names. Uh, Santonio Holmes, Plexico Burris, uh, Chris Johnson. Chris Johnson. Like Percy on Martin. and on and on. So it was like, <laughs> so it was pretty, it was pretty fun. But they had this long driveway to the practice facility. And Bart got a Ferrari. I don't know if he bought it or he was had it serviced and or shipped to him or something. But the Ferrari shows up during practice and you can see it being driven in from the practice fields. And he just stops practicing and goes to get the car, like in the middle of practice. And Who's like, this? Bart Scott. Oh my God. So what makes it even better is, <laughs> I'll never forget this, uh, Laron Landry, who's like, you get, he was like the huge, huge safety from LSU, first round draft pick, uh, great dude. But he was like, I, I, I look back, he was like kind of joking with Bart because like, he's like, oh, Bart, are we doing a car show here now? Is, it, is that what we're doing? And I'm like, what is going on here? Laurent, he's like, you want to see cars, Bart? I'll show you cars. He drove a different car. Like, I, and I'm talking, these weren't cars. These were like Rolls's, Bentley's. Uh, Ferrari's Lambos, a different one for like every day of the month. And he would wear, I remember like the last day he, he had like a, a Rolls Royce, like drop head, the, the convertible, all white, white interior. He wore like an all white mink coat and to the game. And it was like the most preposterous thing I've ever seen. It was absolutely <laughs> hilarious. And he like did it to prove a point to Bart that he had more cars than him. Or but it was, it was fun because it was just like, uh, you know, it was a different world for me because I was like, you know, barely hanging on in terms of the NFL world. And, uh, it, and it was just funny to see. So like perfect example, uh, when I was a rookie, a guy, one of the D linemen had a, uh, F-150 Harley truck, which was like kind of cool back in the day. Still is cool. Like a 2010. And I had a Ford Explorer from college. I'm like, Sioni, that's an awesome truck. That's, it was like December, so I'd made a little bit of money. He's like, you want it? And I'm like, uh, how much? <laughs> and he like, 
It's like 30 grand, which is like half of probably what it was worth at least. I'm like, okay. He's like, but you can't pay me all at once. I want to, I want to keep it, uh, you know, away from my wife or whatever, you know? And he's like, just send me checks every couple months. And I'm like, okay, great. So I buy the truck. So the truck was bought by, uh, um, He's the the D line Hall of Famer. He was in Miami, the defensive end. Uh, he was there for all the years. Um, Taylor. Uh, yeah, Jason Taylor. Jason Taylor. He went to the Jets for one year. He knew he was going to be there for one year, and he wanted to wear ninety nine. I think was his number. And we had a guy, uh, Brian Thomas, that was ninety nine, and he won. And Brian Thomas had been with the Jets for twelve years, first round draft pick of the Jets. Everything. He's like, I want your number for one year. He bought him that truck and then some other stuff for his number for one year. That truck got driven like 2,000 miles and got sold to another guy and then sold to another guy and then to me. And they didn't even, it was all within the locker room. So it was like, I went to like, I'm like 21 and I'm going to like title this car. And they're like, who did you buy this from? And it was like literally like four people removed. So they basically thought the car was like stolen. And I had to like call our security guy and be like, hey, can you sort this out? Because it basically just got passed around the locker room. So that was like my funny, like weird uh, NFL story. But it was like, it was fun playing with those guys because it's just a different generation. What was it like? And I, I think the first time might have been in Detroit, but I'm sure you'll have the exact moment for me. When someone came up to meet you and was like, yo, you, we're going to try you at fullback today as oh, well as fuck. linebacker. Fuck, man. That's that your question, question, Belly? Stole my question, Luke. Stole well, my question. Me. 13 touches in the NFL, Nick. Mm. That's that's 13 more than a lot of people. Yeah. What's that's, that like? Like, what's what's going through your head? I, I always wonder, when you're on the field for an offensive snap, What's what, are you just like, don't fuck up, don't fuck up, don't fuck up? Or what's yeah. going through your head? Yeah, I really <laughs> I, I thrive on negative self-talk. Like the positive, positive self-talk is probably one of the stupidest things I've ever heard of me like such a pussy you better not fuck this up you're gonna embarrass your family your son's never gonna love you that kind of stuff so i I like uh so running back so i was playing linebacker not well and uh i was like on scout team like fucking around playing offensive lineman and uh and i'm like i'm just like yelling just trolling like luke would do too and i'm like i wish you guys would try me at or let me tote the rock a little bit i rushed for four thousand my senior year and one of the GAs or, you know, the assistants goes. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, ah, we were all good high school players. I don't want to brag or anything, but yeah, 4,000 my senior year. And he's like, oh, the next day, the running back coach comes up to me and says, hey, let's, uh, you know, get your rolling a little bit at fullback. <laughs> and I'm th- I played I played like offensive line in high school i've never ran the ball <laughs> never touched the ball in high school uh so i was like mortified but i was like well i'm in this far might as well do it and like because you can kind of get away with that stuff because it's like all right you're in the nfl so everyone kind of concedes especially if you're from like a small town in wisconsin that you must have been like the man or whatever it's like i was a decent high school player but they're like me, I could have said I rushed for 6,000 yards and they probably would have believed me because they'd be like, oh, this is seven man football. So then they started like putting me in there and like, 
it was fun. It, it's pretty much like playing linebacker, so it wasn't really that bad. But it's like you start stressing because you only have like so many plays, and like the plays that they call like pass plays, let's say, like ninety percent of the time the ball ends up going to you. So I'm just like, please don't fumble the ball, please catch the ball, whatever. So it's like, especially a lot of them will be on the goal line. So, you know, it's like, all right, if I catch this ball, it's a touchdown. If I drop it, I'm an idiot or whatever. So it was, it wasn't too bad, but basically it was all based on a lie, but it was, you know, it's fun doing it. I enjoy it. So speaking of this belly, I'm going to set the stage. I'm going to let Bloor take this away. But another moment of my time with Bloor that really sticks out to me actually happened on field in a game. So now that we've gotten a little bit of the background of Bloor and his running back story, which I didn't even know, he apparently lied to a GA and now he's, you know, dominant. Can you tell from your point of view and perhaps producer Alec eventually, whether it's now or later, we'll be able to find this exact clip about the first down into the army crawl, into the first down celebration moment. And I'll kind of set the stage here. After you tell it, I'll, I'll might tell it from my perspective but that little first down celebration I also thought was one of the best pieces of work that you've done and you just acted like it wasn't a big ordeal well yeah it's kind of like a yeah I mean one I hate when guys are like too serious during games like when a a great play happens like I don't know I have weird like things that annoy me in life and in football (laughs) and it's like I hate when people are just take stuff too serious. I also, side note, I hate when, like, if there's a turnover or whatever, that everyone has to go to the end zone and take a picture. It's like, not that I would ever make a play like that, but let's say that I did. Like, I don't want to take a picture in the end. It's so stupid. I'm like, why are you guys doing that? But anyways. So yeah. This I mean, situation. Who are we playing? We're playing the, the game. We're playing the Niners. And yep. I was playing, like, running back. and it Running was like, back. It was, like, third down, like, protection so i don't know what the fuck's going on i'm just looking at fred warner i'm like please don't blitz dude i'm like let me let me work here so ball snapped and all i can hear in my head is like chad saying get out fast if there's no work or whatever so i just bolt like five yards up the field turn around russ puts it right on me i turn around like kind of split two defenders sort of just kind of no he does he does bro he does i was looking for a warm place to lay down but I, I, boom, I'm down. I'm like, okay, it's over. Thank God. And then I look over, got the first sound. I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to really make this moment mine. So I start the army crawl and then point. And then like, even down the to, ground, okay. that's golden. But, he, but even down to the point of like, I don't know what to do with the ball after you catch it. Like, do you just leave it there? Do you just toss it? Do you give it to the ref? Like, I don't, I always like mess that up. And then I'll always, uh, I don't know if Luke ever, like I'll play like one play a game, maybe at fullback. And every time I go in and come out, I'll always wave to the crowd. Like I just, uh, you know, played 80 minutes in a hockey game or something. You know what I mean? It's like, and I'll, I'll, I'll like ask for oxygen or something, but I, I just like, I like to keep it kind of light because it, guys take this stuff too serious. Belly again. Now I'll give you my rundown of that play from, from a perspective of, not Nick Ballor. He's in there third down. It's obviously, we've talked this all year, playing the Niners. They're at home. It's a rivalry game. They've got a very good front seven, especially that year. We're struggling to move the ball. It's a third. It was not like a third and short. 
So I'm like, here we like we, let's try and get this bad boy. We bring Ballor in specifically for protection purposes. <laughs> Bro, he's he's obviously the check down. Boom, runs his route, snags the ball, splits two defenders, gets the first down by a couple of yards, and then just like he almost had planted for months, bro. This is why I think he's no matter what situation is, it's just the most well-timed troll. As he realizes he gets it, continues momentum into like he's crawling below barbed wire, and then does one of these. We're saluting service week too, so that's <laughs> oh nice. They are. Like, me personally, in our sideline, went bonkers, bro. I mean, it was just like a moment. It did get the like, boys going. That was like- oh, my God, dude. It was electric. I mean, it's he's kind of one of those dudes where when he enters into the game at fullback, like everybody on the sideline is like, we hope Nick gets the ball and we hope he scores here. <laughs> and then when he gets a nice third down conversion, I, I'll never forget that, dude. And does a nice selly. Uh, I have a lot of time to think about that stuff because I don't play that much. So, like, it's basically sitting on the <laughs> sideline, like, hmm, if I do make this play, what well, would be something stupid that I would do? Like, I always, I always say, like, if I scored like a, like a walk off touchdown, like this is something that would never happen. But in my demented mind, I think <laughs> I would just run into the locker room. Like, I wouldn't celebrate. I would just, I would just like do a, a wave and then just run into the locker room. And people would be like, what the hell just happened? You know what I mean? Or like, I hate when guys, guys give interviews or something after the game and they're like emotional and like, we work so hard and it's just so good. Like nobody wants to hear that. Everyone knows, everyone works hard. Like nobody cares. Say something like weird or, you know, or something organic instead of just like these can, like, I don't know. It drives me nuts. I'm like, it'd be so good if like you interviewed someone after the Super Bowl and they said something like, completely wild you know it's like they would be remembered forever versus like it's just a culmination of all the hard work and sacrifice of these guys in this locker room it's so great to see you know it's I don't know. yeah it is a little corny um i i know we got about 10 more minutes with you nick so i i'm gonna ask something i think belly's got a couple for you but I, i'm gonna keep pressing into the troll here this is gonna be a new one for me but is there one troll or prank that you pulled that sticks out for you that you're most proud of like is there one moment where you're like this is the one that really like when i put together my when i'm telling my grandkids about things i did in the nfl this one's getting talked about (laughs) i don't know but you can tell on the pod i i'm just trying to think you may like to me, it becomes so. It's like a second nature for me now. So like, it's I, like I know, I know. I'm running these schemes at all time, but I mean, I'd have to think. Like, I'm trying That's to think right. of like something. I, I'll come up with something. I'm just trying to think. One, it's like okay, got something in my head, and then I yeah. think I can't say that out loud or else. Loud. Yeah, yeah, we don't want to get you. Ah, uh, we we have an added button. Don't worry. What yeah, about have you ever been trolled? Has anyone ever really gotten you? Didn't you get me? I did. Ooh. I did, uh, but I can't even remember what I did. You remember what I did? Yeah, but and, and it, that's like few and far between, but it was like, uh, oh, dude, I'm trying to. What was it? If you give me the topic, I remember Belly. I can't remember what it was now, but I remember I committed myself one year. And I'm like, okay, Mick Ballora has gotten me on a daily basis on some little shit. He's got me on a monthly basement on a drawn out, like month long troll. 
He's always gotten me. So I finally sat down and was like, I'm going to put together, you know, my plan for Nick. And I, I, I would say it was decent, but now I can't even remember. So it couldn't have been that good. Well, I don't know if it's the same kind of thing, but Luke, I don't know if you had this, but like once the season's over, like yeah. everything erases from my brain. Like I always laugh, like if a guy signs with a new team, you always hear like, oh, they get him up on the board to draw up like plays from the old team. If any team did that, I would have no – I'm like, I have nothing. Like, once football's over, everything that happened for the year is, like, vanishes, and then it starts all over again. But I do – I do – I can sense, like, Luke would be very uh, cryptic or, like, secretive with me about stuff in his life because he knows that I would make fun of him. Like, <laughs> if I caught wind of something that he was doing or posted or said, like – he was like going through this phase of like he dressed like Chris Angel, like he would have like oh 10, 10 rings on and like all these necklaces and like I'm like, dude, what are you wearing? And I would I would like get pictures of him and he would like knock the phone on my hand and like it would be all sorts of stuff. The, that was uh, another thing, Belly. He was Bloor was our team TMZ. And so like you and I would get God all the time. Where, like, you'd be sitting on the plane, and, like, I would legit – I knew below where he was sitting. But, like, before I went on Instagram, I would, like, have to be like, yo, where's Nick? Because so many times you'd be, like, doing whatever. And somehow he'd be over your shoulder with his phone, like – and you have no idea he's there. And then the next thing, you're like, oh, I got a text in a group chat, like, of all the boys. And it's, like, a picture of you, like – looking at a, like a, high, a game highlight and be like, yeah, yeah. like there's a certain or in, the, or or in the, the tool bar it would say luke wilson on twitter and he's just scrolling and ahead of him. <laughs> I'll, I'll get guys like watching their highlights after the game and like videotape them watching the highlight back and forth <laughs> like dude or like yeah. googling themselves or whatever but it's like that, that was actually an idea I had or like the media guys had uh, that really fizzled out is they gave me a camera <laughs> and they told me to like interview and like talk with guys on the team plane on the way home after wins. And like, first of all, I'm going around. Everyone thinks I'm like a narc because I'm like, I have this like camera with night vision, like asking them questions and like guys are passed out. I would like wake them up. And I got like a little bit of footage and they're like, we can't use any of this. And I'm like, yeah, I know. and I'm like, I can't be, I'm going to like get a, I would say that like, I'll expose guys and like, but I won't do anything that they don't like put out themselves. Yeah. Like I'll, I'll troll guys about what they put out on like Instagram or social media in general, but it's like, they put it out there. It's not like I'm, uh, you know, doing like a deep fake of it. It's like, you guys are doing this dumb shit and I'm just going to make fun of you for it so you can get mad about it or not. But usually guys are pretty like easy going about it, I'd say. Yeah, so uh, I would agree. Like, I, I think one of the things is you do like a very good job of balancing. Like it's outrageous and it's just like absolutely preposterous trolls. But you do a great job of like, you know, who you can kind of go to that you're comfortable with. You said it before, like you kind of judge in the locker room guys that can play the game. <clears throat> um, and that was why I think it's, it's worked so well so long. This has just been a small 
small kind of insight into the into the trolling of Nick Bloor, which is what we wanted to do on this podcast. I need it, to start writing them down. It's also, an, it's also been an insight into how big of a man crush you have on on Mr. Bloor. Oh, dude. Hey, was, it like he was it like this in Seattle? Was it like this in Detroit? I can do a good Luke impression too. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Give us that. Give us that. That was a fun. That was a funny thing too. Is when I got to Seattle, they're like, they're like, dude, uh, like your boys with Luke in Detroit. I'm like, I'm like, yeah. And he's like, dude, he's the funniest guy ever. I'm like, no, he's not. And he's like, <laughs> that was like, hey, tough for me. That was very tough for me. And I'm like, I'm like, what? Did, like, give me something he says, and then. And then I'm like, dude, he just says stuff twice and everyone cracks up. I'm like, how did I'm like, if they think that's funny, they haven't seen anything yet. He'd be like, it's all time, man. He's all time. Whoa, bro. <laughs> like, he always says that. I don't know if he's like kind of phased it out, but he's like, come on, man. Come on, man. We're gonna, we're gonna fucking, man. we're gonna fucking slap him. We're slap him, man. We're fucking crack him this week, Nick. Get we're gonna up, fucking man. crack him. Come on, dude, man. the first down you picked up was sick, man. That was all time, Nick. He's a fed. He's a fed. <laughs> He's a fed. He's a fed. Uh, again, we're gonna get this guy later on the podcast. Um, oh, I got so it. Dude, I got We got to shut it down, story. anyways. I got a quick story for you, Luke. Speaking of a clip, yeah. Have some respect. Put your phone down. No, the, I was uh, trying to. I was Izzo, gonna have him ask you about the AC Ducey game. But oh, anyways, yeah. uh, Izzo. In our special teams meetings, he'll be like talking, and we do this like it's all the same guys, so we're pretty like comfortable with the scheme and all that stuff. So me and Disley started doing this troll with Izzo, where we started uh, we started playing, uh, we started yelling "Show the clip" in the middle, just interrupting him, going "Show the clip, show the clip," and he would just he like looks around, <laughs> and we're like "Show the clip." And he's, it would go on for weeks. And then yes. finally he goes, what, what's like, we don't know what the clip is. He doesn't know what the clip yeah. is. And one day he comes in, he goes, we go show the clip. He goes, all right, motherfuckers, you want to see the clip? And we're like, yeah, <laughs> I think. And he plays like a full scene from platoon, which was electric. <laughs> but I'm like, <laughs> first of all, only me and him are the only. You knew Larry is this makes it even funnier, dude. And I'm like, <laughs> Else is like 20 and like he plays it and it's like five minutes long and like you know when your buddy shows you a youtube video and it's like the first 30 seconds you're like oh yeah and then like as it goes you're like okay enough of this it was like that it just kept going and going, going. Was, i was cracking up it was so funny well nick um real quick before yes. we get out of here I, I i am gonna ask one serious question because i think it's kind of funny to ask a serious question at the end of all this we've talked a lot about the trolling and, and all that stuff but you are the special teams captain in seattle you have been for two years uh yeah how <laughs> how much like how much do you value that role how and like how important is that and like i even I, I came across a quote from you earlier this year taking all and i, I know you fucking care nick so don't give me this <laughs> look at that face uh, look at that face look. Okay, I got a quote from you. Special teams captain Nick Ballore went out of his way to, to make sure all the fault and responsibility was on yours. So that's your unit. That's your team. Whether you want to acknowledge it or not, you care about them. How 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 important is it to you? And and how how cool is it to be a special teams captain in the NFL for the Seattle Seahawks? Oh, this is tough because I feel like Luke's gonna just tear me apart. <laughs> I, 
I hate the show. I'm lone bullets right now. I'm, I'm lone so, bullets. I'm so emotionally inept that I, I'm <laughs> incapable of being serious. Or I'm gonna hold. I'm holding you to a to a fucking answer here too. Deep, deep rooted issues. No, I mean like, like for me, obviously, uh, you know, it's great to be the captain or whatever. Whether it's you know you have a patch on or whatever, it's you know, I wouldn't care as long as guys. I mean, this is going to sound super corny, which Luke's going to be, his mm -hmm. ears are perfect. I mean, I'm in heaven right now. But like, I mean, obviously I want to make money and all that stuff and whatever. It's a job at the end of the day. But like, I think like the coolest thing with football is obviously the locker room, but like having the respect of your teammates, I think like whether, you know, I want them to think I was, you know, funny and kept things light and all that stuff. But like, at the end of the day, it's like if I was a shitty football player, it's like I wouldn't – I think it's a, the, the best for someone at the end to be like, you know what, he was, you know, a great player, good dude, loved being in the locker room with him, which I think ultimately is that's like, you know, leadership in general is like – it's one of those things. If the team is losing, the leadership is bad. If the team's winning, the leadership's good. It's like ultimately – if I talked a lot and gave a lot of motivational speeches and played like shit, none of it would matter. So ultimately, like, I think it's a reflection of guys respecting how I play because like, I'm never going to give them a speech that's remotely serious. So it's definitely not like, uh, like I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm like a vocal leader. I, mm -hmm. uh, although I like talk a decent amount, it's, it's about nonsense. It's nothing like related to the subject, but, uh, I do think that, um, you know, they take pride in special teams in Seattle. And obviously that's what I do. Basically that's my job. So, um, you know, some people like belittle it or whatever. And it's kind of like a third phase of the, of, uh, of football, but, uh, I mean, it's worked out good for me. I enjoy doing it. It's like, yeah, we, uh, we have a good group of guys too, that have been there the, like basically the whole time I've been there, which is very rare for that because usually it's kind of like the bottom end of the roster gets churned around. Um, you know, so to be able to lead those guys, and we've been top couple units in the league the last, I don't know, four, I mean, it, it's, it was like that before I got there, but to have it keep going since I've yeah. been there, I think is, is great. And that I get acknowledged as the captain or whatever, uh, the old guy, whatever it is pretty cool. And would you, would you consider going into coaching post uh, playing days? You seem like a guy that I would want to play for. I mean, I, I didn't ask Belly to ask these, by the way. I can't wait to I, make fun of you. I, this I don't know. I mean, I go back and forth. Like, yeah, if I, if I coached, I would only coach in the NFL, I think, and I would only coach special teams. But, like, and, like, granted, the guys have it great, as I understand it, under Pete there. But, like, some of the guys in other places, I can't imagine doing that after, after playing. I would definitely need to take some time off, but, yeah. like, it would also be fun to coach some of the guys that I played with, which would be like a very real possibility, obviously, mm -hmm. uh, because I'm in the twilight of my playing days. Maybe I got a couple of years left, but um, it'll be it'll be interesting. It, I always say that I used to say I would never do it, but, um, you know, I do worry. I definitely don't want to take up uh, bike riding. You know, so <laughs> he's back. He's That's back. not true, bro. This guy specifically asked me about cycling, bro. I mean, that is a blatant lie. What he just said. I like the uh, yeah. No, I uh, I definitely don't. Yeah, like Luke's doing his biking roller derby, and I'm like, dude, <laughs> I, 
I'm like, I think it's a cry for help, but I don't know. I wanted to reach out, but I feel like he wouldn't take me serious. So I'm like, hey, man, are you all right? <laughs> it's a problem, Nick. It's a problem. He was staying 45 minutes from where uh, he was doing all his TV stuff here in Toronto because there was a velodrome out in Markham or whatever. I was like, what? Just It's really embarrassing stuff to see, to see how far a great man has fallen to do a, do a, a bicycle, a bicy- bicyclist. No, it's, uh, I don't know. I mean, when I retire, that's not going to be what I choose to do, but, um, you know, if Wait you, until you get on the bike and you drop 15 pounds, big dog, then all of a sudden you're like, man, I kind of feel good. I don't, I don't I squat this much. I, I go for no long bike rides. Yeah. I, I always do a lot of caffeine. Yeah. But like Luke's been, uh, doing his biking and he, they have the outfits and stuff. I remember I was FaceTiming him at his house and he was like, getting ready to go. And like, for whatever reason in his sock drawer, he would have like two socks rolled together and then he would have like single socks. So I'm guessing he would take the singles and roll them up and put them in his uh, spandex when he was riding, like as a uh, bulge enhancer. I'm like, dude, you're not fooling anybody. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's the strangest thing. I can't find the the pair of this, the, the brother of the socks. So I just- uh, Are you kidding me? <laughs> well nick on that note i can't thank you enough for coming on here man this was a fucking blast yeah thanks for having me the uh i was obviously obviously i'm tremendously busy and didn't want to do it but uh (laughs) no it it was great maybe i should should i uh what time are you guys going on saturday i'll bum rush roost he'll be like i'll let you know yes how about we bring you in and you just absolutely smoke him on there I mean, no, like, the these, two, these two animals talk with each other. You think like we're bad? It'll be like, yeah. oh man, yeah, man. And they, they go back and forth. <laughs> there won't be there won't be like a single like thing to transcribe for like the, the, <laughs> gonna, the audio for it. Just gonna, bump, we're gonna, this guy's bunk, man. Come on, man. This guy's bunk. That Bruce is your word. Bruce will tear it it'll, it'll be a it'll be a tennis match of like saying stuff twice like whoa 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 and they'll just go higher and higher with their voice no that'd be funny i'll uh let me let me do some soul searching on my trolls and then Mm -hmm. um you know we'll reconvene and i'll i'll I'll, uh i'll have some street legal stuff for you guys i i will let you know nick i will make it my like biggest goal in life if you ever join us on this podcast i will try to ask you questions that are serious and make you uncomfortable because i really enjoyed watching you kind of squirm a little there i'm not gonna lie it it was that was a lot of fun for me especially knowing this guy on the other side just waiting on every breath so he he's never heard me talk like that so he's like holy no ever so that was good only about your grandmother apparently so (laughs) 2020 pro bowler 13 touches in the NFL. This dude's got accolades. Nick Ballore, thank you so much for joining us today, dude. This was an absolute riot. Luke usually is wrong when he tells me about stuff that's going to be a lot of fun. He wasn't wrong about this. From the moment you got on the Zoom, just yipping at manager Mark to this entire conversation. I mean it, dude. Thank you for your time. It means the world to, to me, at least. I'm sure Luke's going to pretend like it wasn't a big deal. So uh, thank you for joining us. And uh, yeah. Thanks and the recording, Alec. See you next time. <laughs>